we present, I'm sorry I haven't a clue, the antidote to panel games. At the piano is Dave Lee and your chairman is Humphrey Littleton. Hello again, and in another attempt to take panel games off the air, we have on my left Barry Cryer and Graham Garden. And on my right, Timbrook Taylor and William Rushton. They'll be playing a series of absurd games, and if I can't think of anything better to do, I shall award them points. The first game, with that subtlety with, for which this uh, program, indeed this entire network is famous, is called Words of One Song to the Tune of Another. Get a picture, folks. And I want each team to sing the words of one song to the tune of another, provided oh. by Dave Lee at the piano. Now, Barry and Graham, I'd like you to start. Will you sing Charlie is My Darling to the tune of O Soli Mio? <laughs> Will you sing Tutti Frutti to the tune of Secret Love? reaction you uh, take the lead there with 10 marks and we go on to the point in the program where I introduce a round that's played in fact at the end of the program uh, in order to give the teams uh, time to think of silly names for people arriving at the politician's ball 
Once again, that uh, occasion was suggested to us by <laughs> Reverend Arnold Page of Castle Carey in Somerset, and he's once again sent us a couple of suggestions which will have to be matched by the team at the end of the programme. Here's our Senator and Mrs. Lees P. King and their son Frank Lees P. King. <laughs> and Governor and Mrs. Garkey and their son Ollie Garkey. <laughs> well, that rocking is imminent. I think he's very good. Now, <laughs> the team's going to make up a poem and each team member must keep going until I press this buzzer which goes like this. And then a member of the opposite team must take over. This goes on until we reach our artistic natural conclusion or the whole thing falls apart at the seams. And I'm going to start now with William Rushton. And the first line of your poem is, he pulled against the running tide, the oars squeaked in the rollocks. <laughs> Can I write to my mother, please? <laughs> no, Willie. He recently translated into Chinese the collected works of Gollocks, <laughs> the tale of a famous huntsman who clad in hunting pink, which seemed totally irrelevant and quite boring to a chink. Uh, <laughs> however, there he was in his tiny boat, setting out to sea. Good Go. heavens, what is that? He cried. There ahead of me. It is a monster rising up from out the waves, so flecked. Oh God, he cried, I've done a rhyme, and now this poem I've wrecked. But I will think of a rhyme for flecked. I will think of one, cried he. Flecked, flecked. In the boat he went, the storm went down. Ha, ha, ha. The boat it crept. In pieces, one and two. <laughs> he sounded like an animal <laughs> who lives in London Zoo. <laughs> an elephant. Oh, 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 oh! Is the animal of which I speak. <laughs> it sounds like a cock elephant. <laughs> now, I heard one last week. <laughs> and so to London Zoo he rode up the Regent's Canal. And there upon the bike, the bike, bank, <laughs> there upon the bank, he spied a very good old pal, a riding of his bike. He was a riding to the zoo. He had an urge to contemplate both ends of a new. Uh, he thought that something interesting might leap into his mind, and so he started at the front as opposed to the behind. Uh, this being the more savoury view of the two, um, a fact he knew so well. <laughs> he said, this is a fruitless task. Oh, cock elephant, go to hell. I have more interesting things to do. I'll go and look at my stamps that I <laughs> can say to somebody. Uh, <laughs> stamps, uh, yes. uh, I have got the cramps. I've got the cramps, I'll tell you why, a minute or two from now. When I have thought of something else than you silly old cow. I will tell you why, and this is why I'll tell you so, tis true. I've got a house that's pink and white and it is also blue. Blue, you say? What has this to do with the story we've been telling? It's nothing at all. Back to the zoo, he hurried, loudly yelling. Oh, keeper, tell me, of the new, 
The front or back to choose. I was thinking of translating it into ancient Greek, but I've gone back on the booze. <laughs> I tried my ancient Greek last night on an aging bartender. Who didn't seem to like it at all. But the barmaid, who was slender, said, I like Greek. I always have. <laughs> and in my spare hours here, I translate iambic pentameters. Well, I means see. I'm only here for the beer. There's <laughs> <laughs> a minor classic, I think. <laughs> this next round is called Thumbnail Sketches, and I'm going to give each team the name of a well-known person, and I want them to go on about that person for 30 seconds. Marks will be given for any new information about the person, and you'll be responsible for your own legal fees. <laughs> right, now we'll start with Barry and Graham. Uh, will you talk for 30 seconds on Virginia Woolf? <laughs> Virginia Woolf, right. Um, yes, she was a lady. And uh, wrote books. One of them was called The Lighthouse, and the rest of them weren't. <laughs> she was born just outside Cheadle in Cheshire. She was a great surprise to her mother, who was in Manchester at the time. <laughs> Contrary to popular rumour, which claimed she was born just outside Wedlock Village in Yorkshire, <laughs> she was a solicitor for several years, but the fines proved exorbitant. Uh, oh! And in, uh, she made her first television appearance. <laughs> this is the Virginia Woolf we're talking about. In 1954, when she did, in fact, beat Mick McManus by two falls in the submission. fifth round. The other Virginia Woolf you're thinking of, um, we finished talking about some time ago. Okay. Six points in there. And we go quick as a flash to Tim and Willie, who are going to talk for 30 seconds on Davy Crockett. David Crockett was a well-known hat maker. Yes, he wore a coon-skin hat. Yes. Or sometimes he'd just slip the middle of a beaver and just clap it on his head. <laughs> <laughs> he, he died, he died at the Alamo under rather tragic circumstances. The, the coon wasn't happy about the skin. No. <laughs> he, he, wrestled, said, he wrestled with I a bear, thinking possibly turning that. It was an enormous hat. He, went to, he stood for Parliament. Not for Parliament. He, he went to Washington. He stood for the Queen. He had a very, very boring song written about him by Walt Disney. <laughs> yes. um, other well-known facts about him um, are that... Um, he died at the Alamo again, yes, later. Yeah. <laughs> That's probably one of the best... In another films. film starring John Wayne, as opposed to one with Fess Parker, who died rather better. Now, I'm still very with that uh, round, um, Tim and Willie have gone into the lead by 17 points. And we come to the round which is called Bedtime Story. For this round, I want one of the members oh. of, each, of a team to make up a bedtime story. From time to time, he'll give his partner a signal for a suitable sound effect to reinforce the dramatic effect of the narrative. Well, for extra excitement, the person doing the effects will be wearing headphones with music playing to prevent him from hearing the story. Tim, will you start the story? And I want your story to be about a deaf owl in a far-off land. Um, <clears throat> this story takes place in Scotland, this far off land, um, where on the 14th of July every year Gordon McHamish would go out onto the moors and he would cry <laughs> which would frighten the villagers. Suddenly there came towards him this creature that was making this noise. Woo! <laughs> 
was indeed his mother, who was loony at the time. <laughs> and she would cry, Hamish, she'd cry, Hamish, whatever you do, don't go near the... <laughs> Railway station. <laughs> But of course, Hamish, being a stupid lad, went down and he waited for the train. And as the train came, he could hear it in the distance coming round the corner. And the train went... Ah, I've run out of implements. <laughs> and that is why this story is interesting. There was an owl, you see, it was death. And because it was death, instead of going to it to woo, it always used to go, Peter, you were the stars, your eyes. Well, I thought the way those two worked together was positively unca uncanny, and they haven't finished yet. Now, Barry and Graham, who's going to tell the story? I am. Graham's going to do it. Graham's coming out in the front, and while he's doing that, uh, Barry, I'll tell you that your story must be about a mouse and an elephant on a desert island. Mouse and elephant on a desert island. A mouse and an elephant on a desert island. Where you go, Barry? Monty Mouse lived on a desert island with an elephant. Monty and the elephant were great friends, and the, Monty's great joy was when they'd wake up in the morning and the elephant would look over at him and go... <laughs> There's something different about you, said Monty. <laughs> One day, they found some footprints in the sand. Good heavens, said Monty. I thought we were alone on the island. Do you think there's a... Life-size replica of Percy Edwards on the island with us? <laughs> Not at all. I think it must be Man Friday. And sure enough, behind the palm tree, they heard a sudden sound. No. <laughs> it must be Saturday, he said. Because I always used to listen to Brands Hatch on the radio. And suddenly, from the radio, they heard... Jack DiManio snapped again, said Monty. <laughs> so they turned the radio off and ran round the back of the tree, and there was Man Friday. Hello there, he said. Come and have a meal with us. Let us have some sausages in the frying pan. So they tossed them in the frying pan, and the sausages fizzed and crackled and went... <laughs> they were, of course, bangers. <laughs> Very good. I enjoyed that. Lots of lovely marks all round. We go on to the next round, <laughs> Initials. And this is a round which was sent in by a listener, by Lynn Anderson oh, of Old Coolston, Surrey. And this is a, an entertaining one. I'm going to read each team some abbreviations, and they must tell me what they think each stands for. These are, in fact, initials. I'm going to start now with uh, you, Graham and Barry. Your initials are B-E-F. B-E-F, but I must tell you that this is not, uh, not. not capital initials, it's small initials. Oh, ah, the little British expedition, of course. <laughs> 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 it's the keep the E out of beef campaign. <laughs> No, British didn't. egg fanciers, no. <laughs> Small eggs. Um, um, Bolivian etymologists. 
Yes. Um, Fancy pizza. I'll give you a clue as you're lagging by 74 marks. It is uh, <laughs> an instruction that you see on a packet. Oh, open before March the 3rd and the rest has been torn off. It's just... <laughs> <laughs> Point. I don't Back. think you're going to get this. Small B, yes. Edible yes. foodstuffs. B. Uh, the instruction is the blunt floor. end first. <laughs> That's what I meant. That's what I is it. Right, Tim and Willie, your one is... On foodstuffs? I didn't say foodstuffs, I just said a packet. On your one, Tim and Willie, <laughs> is D-O-R... That's... <laughs> Blunt end first on Irish deodorants. <laughs> right. Tim and Willie, your one is D-O-R-I-S. Oh. oh. <laughs> That's a misprint. Actually, <laughs> just met her in the pub before, didn't we? Um, D-O-R-I-S, as in Doris, is it? Exactly. Doris owes Rushton one shilling. <laughs> I'm going to give you that one. <laughs> Not the shilling, the, the, the mark. Uh, it is, in fact, direct order recording and invoicing system. Isn't that exciting? Uh... So exciting that we'll rush on to the next round. And this one's sound charades. We've played this before, and lo and behold, we're going to play it again. Uh, one team has to make noises, and the other team has sketched what they mean. The audience are let into the secret and can help by applauding when they're getting warmer and doing the other thing when they're not. And you at home will hear the secret, too, by means of our mystery voice. Let me ask you, Barry and Graham, first, is this a, a film or a play or a book or whatever? This is a Christmas carol. A Christmas carol. Our audience will be shown it on the board. <laughs> and the carol is The Holly and the Ivy. The Holly and the Ivy. How many, how many words? Five. <laughs> Five? Five. Five. Uh. The Holly and the Ivy. <laughs> so far, so good. I cannot understand. Now, now you try and guess what we were going to do. <laughs> So it's basically old Stanley. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yes, that was good. I can't understand how you took 45, 45 seconds to get that, but still. Uh, now, Tim and Willie, what is yours? Uh, a play or a film or what? It's a film. A film. And it's got three words. And Tim and Willie's is day for night. Day for night. Right, hope you've heard at home have heard it by our mystery voice. We're going to do all three words at once, if we may. Okay. How are you going to do Gatsby? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you guessed wrong. <laughs> okay, Willie. <laughs> Sir Alec, Doris is here. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like it again? <laughs> we'll do another version if that's more difficult. All right. We'll finish. Sir Alec, Doris is here for you. Oh, we've got another one. Wake up, Sir Lancelot. <laughs> Night. 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 
Night and day. So near. Night and the ivy. No. You got it? Why? You got it? No, no, you didn't. No. No, they're, they're singing night and day at the moment, which is another round altogether. Day and night. Day for night. Day for Day, you said? Day for night. Day for night, yes. Okay, let's go on to the blues now. In this round, as you all know, each team gives the other a topic for a blues, which they must then improvise, accompanied by Dave Lee at the piano, and Graham and Barry are going to start by giving uh, a a topic to Tim and Willie. Yes, uh, yes, we're going to give them the News Vendors blues. Mother-in-law blues. Woke up this morning. Saw two dogs fighting in a sack. In a sack, in a sack. Then I realized that it was just my mother-in-law as seen from the back. She walks down the street all the way, machines leap back into the chemist shop. And that's a fact. Right, well, I'd better tell you before we go on to the next round that that leaves the score in a quite an interesting position with Willie and Tim 108 and Barry and Graham 801. <laughs> Or vice versa. Now we go to the point where I sort of back out of the proceedings and leave the teams to give their announcements for the arrivals at the politicians' ball. Hey, wave something tasteful. <laughs> I will, I will. <laughs> for Mr. and Mrs. Secretary and their long-haired son, Furry Ian Secretary. Furry Mr. and Mrs. The Exchequer and their rather dodgy daughter, Chancy Laura, the Exchequer. I'd like you to welcome, please, Mr. and Mrs. Stir of Agriculture and Fisheries and their daughter, Minister of Agriculture and Fisheries. From Glasgow, well, you now wish to win for Mr. and Mrs. Sack and their son, Wall Sack. Will you welcome, please, Mr. Patrick, entry debate. <laughs> And his Pa Liam entry debate. Pa Exchanging entry a joke debate. in the corner, Mr. and Mrs. Dingvoter and their daughter Flo. <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Tix. Their daughter Polly. Tix. Stand back! <laughs> I'm standing, I'm standing back. Well Mr. Back. and Mrs. Chers and their evil piratical son, Black Ben Chers. <laughs> oh. oh. And over from front. Is the Marquis de Sade and the party whips? 
Mr. and Mrs. Festo oh. and their son, Party Manny. <laughs> Festo. And Festo. From, <laughs> and from Germany, please, no hard feelings. <laughs> Herr and Frau Ard and their son, Hans. <laughs> A Miss- moment of decency. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. the old member for Epping North, shut up! And their son will the old member for Epping North, shut up! At that point, ladies and gentlemen, we come to the end of the programme with Barry and Graham so far in the lead that I doubt whether Willie and Tim could possibly... Mr. Pos- and Mrs. Mandarin and their son, Jerry. <laughs> Her friend, Sibyl Service. <laughs> <laughs> well, you'd be surprised, be surprised to learn that William Tim didn't catch up. And, and their uh, friend, Anne Arkist. <laughs> Not a very good friend. <laughs> and that won't do them any good either. Pot. <laughs> and Ricky with the first results, and their son, Billy Ricky with the first results. <laughs> <laughs> oh! Ah. Ah. So that's it, ladies and gentlemen. Until next week, when we'll all be with you again. Goodbye now. William Rushton, Graham Garden, Barry Pryor, and Tim Brooke Taylor were given silly things to do by Humphrey Littleton, with Dave Lee setting some of them to music. Production was by John Castles.